Well, hello everyone. My name is Jared Causey, and you are listening to Causey's Conversations. It's a pleasure uh, to have you back here again, once again this week. I uh, hope you've enjoyed our previous, uh, my previous two episodes that we've went through. Um, thank you for tuning in once again. Um, today, um, we are going to be uh, talking about uh, a few things, but mainly what we're going to be talking about today is what is Christianity based upon? Um, that's going to be our topic. Now, last week we talked about you know what makes a Christian a Christian. Uh, what are the distinct beliefs, theological beliefs of someone that would be considered a Christian, and what makes someone not a Christian? That's an important question. We talked about that last week. If you have not listened to that one or the the previous one, go ahead and go back to those and, and listen to those as well. It'll be helpful for you. But today we're going to be talking about what is Christianity based upon. Okay. But before we do that, um, I would like to first um, I would like to uh, talk a little bit a little bit about a man that has been very um, influential in my life. Um, has uh, been very influential in Southern Baptist life, um, but also in all of Christianity. Um, he's a very very powerful voice in our culture. Um, his name's Albert Moeller, Dr. Albert Moeller. He is the president of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. I have several friends that go to Southern, and um, you know it's a great school. I love Southwestern as well, um, but man, Southern is also a really good school. Um, I'm, I'm very pleased uh, about what I hear coming from S- Southern, um, and and they're they're just doing a great job discipling people, but also. Uh, training future ministers in the gospel. So, um, so Albert Moeller has been at Southern for 25 years, and so the reason why I'm I'm kind of honoring Albert Moeller today is because today is the 25th anniversary of his presidency. Okay, and and so he's been there a while. I'm 25 years old. I turned 25 in February. I turned 26, obviously uh, this February. So I've, I've been been alive as long as he's been the president. Of, of Southern, pretty much. So it's kind of crazy to think about that. Um, I wouldn't tell him that to his face, but, um, well, I hope he's not, uh, well, I kind of hope he's listening to this, but at the same time, you know, um, you know, no, no offense, uh, Dr. Muller. I'm sure he is not listening to this. I don't, I don't see why he would listen to someone from Southwestern that really has no, uh, not much of a voice in Southern Baptist life compared to him, for sure. But um, anyway, he, um, he, just really has done so many great things um, in his 25 years. I mean, even before he was the president of Southern, I mean, he was doing amazing things. Uh, one of those things being he helped uh, kind of fight for the theological conservatism that is now within uh, Southern Baptist life. Um, it's kind of kind of in, embedded within when our within our culture today. And some say that's not a good thing, but um, in my opinion, that's more good than bad. Um, and so, but Dr. Muller is one of the men responsible for that. I think. I mean, him along with men like Paige Patterson and, and um, Paul. Uh, uh, I, f- I forgot his name, but um, there's a judge, that, um, uh, Dr. P- uh, judge Pressler. That's his name, Judge Pressler. Um, he, uh, those men fought for the Southern uh, Baptist conservative resurgence. Um, you know, um, men like Adrian Rogers, um, who has passed away. It's been passed away for several years now. Um, he um, he's just you know they they did so many great things. But Moeller, um, he he was a very very powerful voice back then, still is today. 
Um, but as he became the president of Southern, it was very controversial uh, for several reasons. First off, um, he was young. He was, he was the youngest seminary president in Southern Baptist history. Um, I mean, he was like 35 or so. Um, don't, I don't have his exact age, but he was in his mid-30s. And um, he, was, he was there, and the way they hired him was problematic to some of the students and faculty, I believe. Um, they went to um, Atlanta. They met in Atlanta to, for the trustees. The, uh, the trustees hire, basically hire the, the, or vote for the, uh, on who the next president would be. They hired the person. Um, I mean, of course, they're nominated, and there's a process that goes on. But they did the final process in electing him in Atlanta. So Louisville, Kentucky is where Southern is at. And so a lot of students thought that they were being kind of conniving and secretive. And um, now Albert Moeller has said that was not what was going on, that there have been many times that folks have, um, trustees have met um, away from the campus to vote on stuff like that. Um, And so you know, it's just not a good case for that. But anyway, there was some controversy with that. But most of all, the biggest controversy of the whole thing, I think, was was the fact that he was very conservative. Um, Dr. Mueller believed and still believes to this day that um, that the Word of God is inerrant, it's infallible, um, it is our sole authority. Um, he came and preached at Southwestern uh, last semester, I believe it was, and he just, he really did a great job, of course, preaching the Word of God, and he preached about Scripture, um, and I just really appreciated his um, his sermon when he came here. It was very, you know, very impactful in my life, um, and uh, so that's what he, he has done. He's um, basically been a voice within conservatism about inerrancy, so just very thankful for that, and um, he, so he, he held on to those, and, and one of those, the things that he believed um, that kind of goes along with inerrancy. Um, it's not directly related. Um, you know, it, it could be directly related. I'm not sure, but it's related to some degree. I would say, at least, at the very least, it's it's related to some degree. Um, is women pastors? Um, he believed, um, still does to this day, that that women um, do not have the spiritual, um, do not have the um, the calling to be a pastor, an elder, a teaching pastor, someone that preaches, someone that shepherds, that role, that office, that church office is reserved exclusively for the men. Now, not all men, of course, but specifically men. So, you know, that was a big deal back then. Um, if you go back and, and there's a video online, if you, you I'll, in fact, I'll, I'll post it in, in, in the, um, in the episode comments. Um, there's a there's a video of Albert Moeller essentially answering questions uh, from the student body. This was before the semester started. It was several months before the the president, the, the current president at Southern, was still there, Dr. Honeycutt, and you know he was there, and Moeller was there, and and Moeller just came early to answer questions from the student body. So that's what was going on. This was during the school semester, so the spring. And so Dr. Mueller was there, and he was answering those questions. And a lot of the questions was aimed at him uh, regarding when can women be pastors. And if you watch that video, if you take some time, it's about 45 minutes, I believe. Um, so you might not want to watch the whole thing, but I think it's worth your time um, just seeing what the theological, uh, kind of the theological environment was like within the student body. I can only imagine what 
it was like within the professors. Um, but um, Dr. Moeller just answered the questions very humbly, um, very um, uh, in, in such a wise way. Um, he was just he was just he really did a wonderful job of doing that. And so, uh, after seeing that video several several months ago for the first time, I was just in, in awe of how he handled that. How the Lord used him um, to continue to, to to stand upon the foundation, which is Scripture. And so, that's actually going to kind of that's kind of related to what I'll be talking about a little bit later. Um, but anyway, so Moeller, Dr. Moeller did that, and it was just it was a one, it's a wonderful example of what some when when someone stands upon the Word of God, uh, just the effect that they can have. Um, how God can use them. So it was, it was a great video. I encourage you to watch it. And it, it gets pretty hostile. It gets kind of intense at, at cer- certain points. Um, now, there wasn't anyone that, you know, no physical um, altercations, nothing to that extent, but it definitely, it, it was a problem. Um, uh, his presence on the campus was a problem. His speaking and his, um, and of course, his presidency. So it was a big issue. So when he was going to be the president of Southern Seminary in 1993, um, just a very, very toxic, intense environment. There were a lot of liberal professors. Um, many of them believed that women could be pastors. Um, did not have a very good view of Scripture. For example, many of them did not believe God's word was inerrant or infallible. Um, many of them um, affirmed homosexuality. Um, that actually is brought up in the in the video. Um, you'll you'll hear that there. Um, someone mentions uh, they compare um, women being pastors to uh, affirming homosexuality. So, just a lot of um, intensity, a lot of um, challenges he faced. Now, there's a video also um, on YouTube. Um, in fact, I'll, you know what? I'll share that one as well. I'll, I'll put that in the show no- uh, the the episode notes there. Um, it's it, it it's his testimony of what it was like to be the president Southern at that early age, um, and in that theological climate. And he talks about it. He talks about how his wife Mary um, really helped him go through those trials and those challenges. And at one point, he almost was fired. I mean, he was almost let go. Um, but the Lord, um, you know, used the trustees, I think, to intervene. And now Southern is is the um, leading um, seminary right now in, in terms of attendance, I believe. Um, now I'm not going to say that's it's the best seminary. I'm not going to say that because um, I've never been there. I don't know from what I've heard. People say a lot of people do say it is. Um, you know, I'm very proud of Southwestern. I, I love Southwestern. Um, so I I'm not going to say that, yeah, oh, Southern's better. But I will say that, um, you know, Southern has done such a great job of um, being uh, the, the, the example and leading in the conservative resurgence and conservatism uh, theologically. And honestly, you know, it, it, it impacted our churches, it impacted our other seminaries. So Southwestern, it is what it is. In part because of because of the what happened um, in, in Louisville, Kentucky. So, very thankful for Dr. Mueller. Um, if you are listening, Dr. Mueller, thank you for your service. Thank you for um, serving the Southern Baptist Convention, um, holding fast to the gospel, and being a light to this in this dark world. Um, very thankful for him and for you, Dr. Mueller. Um, and also I want to say this, if you, um, listen to podcasts, obviously you, you do to an extent you're listening to, to me now, but, um, if you do go ahead and, and listen to the briefing, type in 
the briefing um, on your on your podcast app there, whatever platform you're using. Type it in. Listen to the briefing. He talks about um, news from a Christian uh, worldview. Um, he, he talks about all types of Christian news, uh, ranging from political news to cultural, impactful news. I mean, just all types of, of, of news events. Now, it's, it's, I think, in my opinion, it's the best news source out there, to be honest. Uh, I mean, he doesn't give, it's only 25, 30 minutes long each episode. I mean, it can, it, 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 he can even do it for about 15 or 20 minutes sometimes. Um, and it's not even all year. He does it, I think he takes a break during certain parts of the year, like Christmas and stuff and summer. Um, but he he um, just essentially kind of gives you different uh, different events. He gives you kind of a rundown of the events and how Christians should respond to them. Like the Kavanaugh thing going on, he talked about the Kavanaugh thing a lot and just how Christians should respond. I thought it was very helpful for me personally, uh, very gracious, and he's just always a great voice uh, for Southern Baptists and Christians as a whole. So anyway, um, Dr. Muller, again, thank you for your service, and I, um, I look forward to seeing how God used you uh, in the future at Southern. So anyway, um, today um, I'm going to be talking about what is Christianity based upon. Um, this week um, there was an apologist named Frank Turek, um, he spoke at McNeese State University. It's the uh, that's the college, that's the university I went to. Graduated there uh, several years ago uh, with a degree in business administration, and um, so it's my alma mater. I heard Frank Turek was going to be there um, about a month or two ago, and um, I was like, "That's really cool." You know, he's an apologist. He's a well-respected apologist. Um, he has written many books. Um, and I believe he's Southern Baptist. I, I'm pretty sure he is, and he's um, just done different things within our culture. Uh, very good brother in the Lord, very good brother in Christ. Um, he has helped a lot of people, share the gospel with people in hostile places. I mean, that's one thing that's that's tough to do. I mean, to uh, and I've I've listened to him many times talk to atheists um, and non-believers, and man, he just some of the conversations he's had is just they're tough. They're tough conversations. And he has just done a great job in, in a lot of those to help atheists. Um, he has done a great job in, in just showing, uh, sharing the gospel, both with his words um, and his actions. Being a gracious man, um, I mean, if you um, if you watch his, his lectures, I mean, he just does a great job of doing that. So he came to McNeese, um, and, and he basically gave a lecture about, um, essentially about Christianity, why it is... Uh, why there's good evidence to be a Christian. Um, now, here's one thing I will say: like his his apologetic method, how he does apologetics, I'm not a hundred percent in line with. Um, and what I mean by that is, um, I'm not an evidentialist. So, an evidentialist is someone that basically believes that we can, that we should, not that we can, but we should uh, talk to atheists, non-believers in a way and share with them in a way that we are basically presenting evidence to them um, in hopes that they will eventually become a Christian or believe in God at least. Um, so we use evidence from the world and, and all that. We don't start with scripture. We don't start with, you know, just different things like that. Now, I will say that that, that that's not like a, a heretical um Category like for someone that's an evidentialist or a classical guy, uh, someone that's a classical um, apologetics person, um, the same thing. I mean, they're 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 not the same um, at all. Evidentialists and classicalists, 
Um, they're, they're not the same. And I'm not going to go into to detail about what those are exactly, but I want to say that, that those categories are not um, heretical. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they're uh, terrible, um, whatever. They have a lot of, of good things to say, I believe. Like I said, God has used Frank Turek, I believe, um, to, to reach a lot of people. So I'm not knocking what Frank Turek has done in the past uh, I'm just bringing up that I think that his apologetics methods is probably not not the best. Um, it's kind of the mere Christianity type crew where you know just evidence will um, will be enough, and I, I believe that it will that all of that is is okay to an extent. I think given reasons is is fine to an extent, but go beyond the reasons. Uh, and evidence and, and get to the heart of the matter um, get to the heart of the matter of the gospel um, and I think Frank Turk to a degree would agree in some of those ways but anyway that's a that's a different kind of a different topic that I wanted to that that I um, I'm not going to get on today because I'm not the most knowledgeable person about different apologetic uh, method and, and epistemology I'm actually going to have a probably hopefully eventually have a, a few guys on to talk about that who are way more knowledgeable um, about about that, but um, if you want to look at look up those different topics, though, go ahead and do that. I'm not going to talk about what they are um, any further. But presuppositionalism—that's another category. The classical um, apologetics, uh, and then uh, evidential uh, apologetics. Go go look those up. You'll see kind of what I'm referring to here. But um, so even though I don't just I don't completely. Um, agree with Frank Turk how he does his apologetics. I, I still consider him a good br- brother in the Lord. He he's um, he do- knows the gospel. I, I believe he does. He has presented the gospel. I've heard him do that. So I'm very thankful for him. I, I want to say that. Um, however, he has said some things, and he said he said several things in this lecture um, that I found a, a little bit of a concern. Um, not that um, what he said was was completely uh, just. The worst thing I've ever heard in my life, and heretical, and um, will make him go to hell, and all. I'm, I'm not saying that. I don't believe that that the, what he said was was that much an error, but I do believe what he said was was a little concerning, and I think it is worth at least mentioning um, because it kind of connects to Albert Moeller and what he has done for for Southern and for the Southern Baptist um, entity. Um, or the Southern Baptist uh, Convention, but uh, and I'm going to connect the two in a little bit. Um, but Frank Turk makes some comments, um, and what he said was uh, was a little. Um, it was really interesting. I thought the way he said it, it, it sounds a lot uh, like he has been listening to men like Andy Stanley and Norman Geisler, which he's written and he even recommended Norman Geisler and. In his presentation, um, it, it just Norman Geisler has influenced Frank Turk, it seems, and, and, and uh, Norman Geisler has also influenced Andy Stanley a lot, a lot, and they've they've all said kind of the same thing, and, and this is what he has said. I'm about to play a video here. Um, we'll I'll uh, we'll, I'll play it. We'll listen to it real quick, and then I'll um, kind of share my thoughts about it. Before we move toward the fish here, and that's this. What I'm about to say, for those of you that, be- that believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God, as I do, is going to sound heretical. But it's not. Stick with me. Christianity is not true because a series of documents we put under one binding we call the Bible says is true. In fact, Christianity would be true 
if the Bible never existed? How? What's Christianity based on? Is it based on a book or an event? It's based on an event. Do you realize there were thousands of Christians before a line of the New Testament was ever written? How could you be a Christian without the book of Romans, Frank? <laughs> was Paul a Christian before he wrote the book of Romans? Yeah. Why did he write the book of Romans? Because he witnessed the resurrected Christ. Was Matthew a Christian before he wrote the Gospel of Matthew? Yes. Why? Because he witnessed the resurrected Christ. Was John a Christian before he wrote 1 John, 2 John, Revelation, and, and 3 John, and, and the Gospel of John? Before? Yeah. Why? Because he witnessed the resurrected Christ. In other words... Which came first? The resurrection or the reports of the resurrection? The resurrection came first. Never forget that. In fact, the New Testament writers did not create the resurrection. The resurrection created the New Testament writers. There would be no New Testament if the resurrection didn't occur. Why is there even such a thing as a New Testament? Because Jews, former Jews, who already thought they were God's chosen people said, this really happened, we saw it. We are eyewitnesses of His majesty. And we're ready to die for that. And we're going to tell the world about it. They wouldn't invent that. Neither would you. There's no motivation to invent that. There's every motivation to say it wasn't true. Because they got brutalized for saying it was true. Okay, so that's all um, I wanted to play from him. Um, you can go on, on Facebook and look at Frank Turk's page and, and view the whole video. Uh, view the entire presentation in the Q&A um, there. So, uh, but anyway, um, Frank Turek essentially said, um, if, if you listen to that, he, he said that, that Christianity um, is based upon an event, singular. So one event, it is based upon the resurrection. Now, that's, that's what I've heard from him. That's what he communicated. That's what I perceived him to say. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to uh, take him out of context. I played the video um, he's essentially saying that, that, that we don't believe in Christ. We don't have faith in Jesus uh, because of a book, because of Scripture. We don't, we're not Christians because of a book. We're not Christians because of Scripture. Uh, we're, we're, we're Christians because of the resurrection. We have faith because of the resurrection. Now, I will say this about his point. I understand what he's, what he's saying. He is essentially saying that the resurrection is the heart of all. Everything we believe, it is the central piece. Uh, without the resurrection, everything else would fall. Now, to a degree, I agree, I agree with that. You know, if it wasn't for the resurrection, we cannot be Christians. There would be no way Jesus would still be dead and all that. So the resurrection is absolutely important. In fact, if you go back to my last episode uh, about what being a Christian is all about, um, like what, what makes you a Christian, believing in the resurrection is absolutely important. In fact, if you don't believe in the resurrection, you can't be a Christian. However, there was more that I said last week, uh, if, you, if you go back and listen. There's much, much more. In fact, the scriptures doesn't just say the resurrection um, is the reason for our faith. And I want to say this uh, before I get on to that a little bit more. Um, this is a mute point, I think. What, what Frank Turk was saying is a mute point, um, saying that, that, that an event is the basis of our religion. It's a mute point. Number one, because how have we, how do we know about the resurrection? Do we know it because we saw it? Well, the apostles did, of course, but we, you know, or many of the apostles uh, were around at least. 
Um, and they obviously all the apostles, including Paul, um, actually saw the resurrected Christ. So they, they witnessed him uh, as a resurrected person. Um, the apostles did, but we, we, we did not. We have not. We don't know about the resurrection because we were there. We know about the resurrection because of Scripture. And most of Christians in church history only know about the resurrection because of Scripture. Not because we were there, not because we witnessed an historical event. Now, is that historical event um, vastly important, central to our faith? Yes, absolutely. I would wholeheartedly agree, actually, with that. that It is central. If he would have just said the resurrection is central to our faith, I would agree with that. But to say that we don't believe in the resurrection based on a book or that, that the basis of our faith is on an event and not a book is not only a mute point, I think it's, it's incorrect. Um, like I said, Scripture is our only testimony of the rex- resurrection. But not only that, we don't even know what the resurrection is about or why Christ was resurrected or who he even was before the resurrection or after the resurrection uh, we don't know the purpose of it without the scriptures. It's There's no context for the resurrection. It's just some event in history we know nothing about. So to say that the scriptures are not are just not the basis of our faith is, is just, I think, not true. I don't think that's, that's a fair argument to make. Um, again, I see what he's saying. And again, I'm, I'm not attacking Frank Turek here. I'm not. I am essentially having a conversation with Frank Turk now, what he said. I'm not saying Frank Turk is not a brother in Christ. He is, absolutely. He, he's a great brother in Christ. He honors God. I believe he's doing the best he can. Um, as far as witnessing to people, he, he's done that. I mean, those are all great things. But to come out and say that the Scriptures is not the, fa- the basis of our faith, I think is problematic a little bit. It's concerning. Um... We, we need the scriptures to know about the resurrection. But the resurrection isn't even the only central point of, of our faith in our religion. The incarnation, Jesus being God, becoming a man, fully man, fully God, the incarnation is absolutely important to our faith. Okay, if in the virgin birth, same thing. Now, you might say, well, why is the virgin birth important? Well, because Christ was born of a virgin named Mary. And because he was born not of Adam, he was or, uh, not of uh, Joseph, he was born of Mary. Therefore, he does not have contain the curse of Adam. He was born of a woman. Therefore, he does not receive the curse. He does not inherit the curse that comes with um, from Adam. Uh, so every one of us, we were born, uh, we have a mom and a dad. None of us are Anakin Skywalker here, okay? Um, Jesus is the only person in history that has ever been born of a virgin, okay? And so uh, that's another important thing. He, you know, Jesus, if you don't believe in the virgin birth, you essentially will, you cannot, be, not cannot, but it does not make as much sense or it really doesn't make much sense at all, to be honest, to think that Jesus was sinless, because if he inherited, if he was born from, from Joseph, then he's inherited a sin nature. Like, that's scripture that says that. Um, you can look at uh, Romans, um, that, that, that all 
have received the inheritance from Adam, uh, our sin nature, that, that, that we have all died in Adam. Um, and so uh, that, I mean, it's, I don't know the exact uh, reference. I'm trying to think of it, but it, I just, it's not coming to me. But, but, but Jesus was not born of Joseph. So therefore, he was born of a woman, born of Mary, and therefore did not have a sin nature. So that's another point. Obviously, the crucifixion is also vital. Um, the, the, another piece of it, in the incarnation, the virgin birth, the resurrection, but also the crucifixion. If not for the crucifixion, we would not, um, we would not be Christians. We would not be uh, able to, to, to live a Christ-like life. We would not be able to have hope in Christ um, because our sin would not be paid for. We would still be living in bondage in our sin. We'd be still dead in our sin. So there's more to it than the resurrection. But how do we know all these things? I mean, there have been other people that have been crucified, right? Other people have been crucified. Um, you know, obviously, Jesus is the only one that's born of a virgin. Um, the only one being fully God, fully man. Um, the only one that has resurrected himself uh, from the dead. He's the first, the first that will, the firstborn. Um, in the resurrection, of course, um, I'm speaking about the end times when all of us, all of us that are believers in Christ, we will be resurrected uh, and caught up in the air with Christ. Um, so these things that, that are taking place, some of them, yes, um, most of them actually, Jesus alone fits those, those categories. The, however, the crucifixion, many other people have died on the cross um, in, in history. Uh, now, obviously, that doesn't happen anymore, but... What's the context of the, the crucifixion? What, are, what is the context of the virgin birth? What is the context of the incarnation? What is the context of the resurrection? All of those events, all of those things that have taken place, we know it because of Scripture, and we know what it means because of Scripture. Now, he made a point about, well, there were thousands of Christians before um, a single pen was written, uh, or a single um, a single line of the New Testament was written. Okay, that's true. But when did they live? They lived at a point in time where many of them witnessed the resurrection. They saw Jesus. And then the rest of them, they knew people that personally knew Jesus. They had the apostles. They knew the apostles. The apostles received the authority through Christ, by Christ, Christ, remember, give, he gave Peter the keys to the kingdom, essentially. Um, now, this is getting into uh, some, different, some different conversations here, but, but, but Jesus gave, transferred the keys to the kingdom to Peter. Peter proclaimed the gospel to all people, Jews and Gentiles alike. So, the apostles did the same, all of them, did the same thing, including Paul and the rest of the Christians as well. But, but the, the the way you knew about the resurrection was based upon the teachings of the apostles. It comes from the teachings of the apostles. So either you saw Jesus or you knew the apostles, you, you talked to the apostles, you, you, you listened to them personally. Or if you didn't mean, well, here's the thing. If you were a Christian back then, you knew an apostle, most likely. Most likely. Um, I mean, there were maybe some weird instances where someone didn't know an apostle, but eventually, where where you had a church, uh, the apostles would visit that that church. Okay, so so it, it goes back to okay. So the 
Christianity, what Christianity at that time, that point in time, was based upon the apostolic teachings, which is the gospel. They proclaimed the gospel. It was based on the gospel. Now, it was not written anywhere in, in a piece of parchment or papyrus. It was spoken. It was word of mouth. Now, the difference is today, you know, fast forward a thousand, two thousand years, we now read about this event. And not only that, but we read the testimony and the teachings of the apostles. And we know the context of it. So for you to know about the resurrection, the crucifixion, all these different things, you have to for you to know about them truly in the way that we're meant to as Christians, you have to know, first off, that they happen. And number two, you have to know the context. So our faith, our religion, Christianity, is based upon the scriptures today. That, I mean, yes, you go back in time and these were real historical events. Yes, no one's denying that. But we know them based upon Scripture. We trust Scripture. We trust that Christ proclaimed the gospel to the, the apostles, transferred the, the, the kingdom to the, the apostles, and they proclaimed the gospel to the people, and so on and so forth. And that authority has been transferred ever since that day to this day through the message of the gospel. Now, the message of the gospel is proclaimed in the scriptures. Now, it, yeah, you can proclaim the gospel through word of mouth, but all you're doing is you're just essentially taking what you, you read from scripture and, and saying it out loud. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same truths. It's the same power. It's the same authority. So, <clears throat> scripture is our foundation. It is our foundation. Uh, Dr. Moeller, um, I mentioned you know this being connected with that. Dr. Moeller, um, this is what he has ministered for, uh, for the, for this conviction, for this belief that the, our faith, our entire belief system is built around the scriptures. Now go go back and read First Corinthians fifteen. We, I read it last week. All of those things happen in accordance with the scriptures. The scriptures foretold it that they would happen. You don't think the scriptures are necessary? I'm not going to say that the scriptures are in a way above the resurrection that is that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that that if we go around saying that the scriptures are not the is not the basis of our faith, we're saying essentially well we just know about some historical event that happened 2000 years ago. You know, it was just some event that we, you know, we heard about. You know, we heard about this event. No, it's more than that. We know about it because of the scriptures and we know the context of why it happened. What was the purpose of the resurrection of Christ and all the other things. You wouldn't know about the virgin birth without the scriptures. You wouldn't know about the life of Christ. So it might be a good thing to, to for us to, to take a step back from, from this, this point of, scriptures are not our foundation of our faith um, it's not the reason we believe it's based upon an event and I, I think I know why this has been said um, Andy Stanley has kind of made it popular to say that I've heard him say it several times 
that's his anthem pretty much now. Um, but um, you know, it's it's been a, a popular saying. I think the reason why is because many people are kind of timid um, about what the scriptures say. In, in some ways, a little scared of it. Uh, in in one aspect, I'm not saying everyone. I'm just saying that I think that some of the reason is they're scared of. Uh, some of the details, for example, the Old Testament. In fact, at this uh, lecture, there was some, there's someone that asked about the Old Testament, about like that God, uh, God of the Old Testament. How you know can that be the same God as the New Testament? Um, you know, I'll say this: um, there are things in the Scriptures that that confuse me at times, that cause me you know to think, well, what in the world's going on there? Um, however. I'm confident that the scriptures are God-breathed. 2 Timothy 3.16. All, all of scripture, Old and New Testament, all of scripture is breathed out by God. So we know that. If, if the scriptures, it, it's the very breath, it's the very word of God given to us. How can we say that anything else is the foundation Anything else is our authority, our sole authority, than the scriptures. We must trust in the scriptures. We must trust in the power of the gospel told in the scriptures. And anytime we go and tell others about the gospel, we are replicating what the scriptures has already told us. The teachings of the apostles are in the scriptures. They're there. And I pray that anyone listening is, is not offended, is not thinking, well, Jerry, you're just being critical of Frank. Um, you know, to, to that, I just say, look, we have to be careful with what we say, and we have to be careful what our points, where they lead us. And Frank Turk saying that, um, it, it might um, cause some un, maybe uh, um, undesired consequences in the future. Um, and um, I don't know what those look like. I'm just saying that we need to be careful in those ways. And we also need to, we, we, we need to be adamant about where our authority lies. If it lies within just an event, well, what does that event mean? <laughs> you know, where, how is that even relevant to our life? And, um, and we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be scared of the scriptures. We, we shouldn't be scared of those details. We need to talk about those details. We need to talk about the events that took place that causes us to think, what in the world are you thinking, God? We need to talk about those. We need to, you know, obviously I'm not saying we should question God, but we at this we sh- should at the very same time discuss, hey, what does this mean for us? And I, I hope that, that you do that. I hope that you, you challenge yourself by digging into the scriptures and, yes, reading about events that actually took place, that they those are the basis for our faith. But those aren't the only basis for our faith. We know about those events and what they mean because of the scriptures, and so I, I just I, I think that that's so important for us to 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 talk about. And and guys like Dr. Moeller, men like Dr. Moeller, have um, given their lives for the gospel, and they have done it th- through proclaiming the scriptures and standing fast on the word of God. And that's that's what I just want to encourage you to do. And if Frank Turk is listening to this, he's probably not, but if say he is. Um, uh, Brother Frank, I just want to say I appreciate you, what your ministry has done. I want to be very respectful. You are a very 
God-honoring man, it seems. I don't know you personally. You seem like a, a God-honoring man. Um, you've done a great job in sharing the gospel. Um, and I pray that your ministry continues. Um, I just I just hope that you take what I've said with, with some, um, you know, just uh, with some encouragement there. Um, and uh, maybe it can help you. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you disagree still and maybe have a, a great point to come back. And, and if you would like to contact me and, and, and let me know what, you know, kind of more about what you think about that and continue this conversation. I'm more than open to doing that. Um, I just I just want to say this to say all these things as an encouragement, but also um, just as a concerned uh, brother in Christ. Uh, we're called as Christians to warn each other. We're called to help each other. We're And people are called to help me. I've said things in error. I've said really terrible things at times. Um, brothers and sisters in Christ have helped me see those things um and i'm just i'm trying to do that here and having this conversation so this is and like i've said this is a conversation so this is not me saying i'm right i'm infallible i could be wrong on this i absolutely could um if i am wrong i'd love to hear how i'm wrong and i'd love to talk about it and conversate about that because that's that's what's going to change my mind on this is hey let's sit down let's talk about it um but anyway um thank you so much again for listening to this episode. It's been a pleasure. I pray that your week is is well whenever you're listening to this. Um, next time, we're going to have a guest on. Um, his name is Damiron. He's going to be talking about what is the local church? Um, what is the discipleship? We're going to be talking about some of those things. Damiron Haynes is going to be here. and um, Not here, here, but he's, uh, he lives in Chicago, so we're going to do a Skype call. Um, so looking forward to that. So um, again, thank you for tuning in to Causey's Conversations. God bless.